0: what is up everyone welcome to uh the most wonderful time of the year we are on the eve of being in october we're a friday september 29th a full moon and what better way to celebrate with october on the horizon than uh with a werewolf film late phases from 2014 eric what is up
1: how we doing? How we doing? Excited about this one. This is—I uh, know—we talk about this movie a lot, so it's going to be excited to tackle tackle it. Exciting to tackle it. So,
0: a newer flick. We got this one's about nine years old, but yes, we this one's been brought up many a time on the pod, uh, over the course of you know the six years we've been doing this. This was uh, this is a great film, uh, and it's a it's an odd film in the sense of when it came out, what it is, how it was made, all that. We're going to get all into that. But since we're kicking off uh, the month of October here, because uh, I believe this is going to be posted on Sunday. um, Yeah, this is, I mean, what better way for us to kick off? Uh, we're going to do our Stephen King weeks. We're going to do Cujo. We're going to do Dark Half and then uh we'll do some kind of halloween special i'm sure but uh <laughs> kicking kicking it off with a monster movie old creature feature werewolf movie <laughs> what better way right 100% yeah i mean we
1: always talk about the creature features how some of our favorites and how there's a lack of of them nowadays but this one uh this one is one of the good ones i think especially again like you said for the time it came out so
0: yeah, this, uh, yeah, just you know, diving right into this. Uh, this one was filmed, um, in the Hudson Valley down by Poughkeepsie. Um, and I think it was, what was it Rhinebeck, uh, something? Look, it up. I know it was filmed down in the Hudson Valley, so it's down by Poughkeepsie, which to New York Cityites, it's upstate New York, to us, that's downstate New York, technically.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, Crescent
0: Crescent not, Bay and Rhinebeck, uh, New York, and also the Hudson Valley, all throughout the Hudson you,
1: Valley. When you talk to people who are not from our area originally, do, do you tell them you're from Central New York or Upstate New York?
0: I usually make it a point to say I'm literally from dead center in the state, well, yeah. Syracuse, New York.
1: I, I just always grew up... I mean, obviously, I don't live there now, but yeah, I always grew up telling people Central New
0: York, but... Uh,
1: most people just know it as Upstate, but yeah, Upstate. Yeah, you, you oh, say
0: okay. Upstate—that's where you're just driving a couple hours near Poughkeepsie, the Hudson Valley to go. Bear yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yes, we are in the dead center
0: of New York State.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Just um, a just a just a random question there. Yeah, but there are there will be people. You know, there's a lot of people too. When you say New York, they think you're from New York City. They don't realize that New York's an entire state that has like several dichotomies of people and, and ways of life. And even in, you know, as you know, like we grew up in a little Italian town, 25 minutes outside of Syracuse, which is similar to maybe some of the suburbs of Syracuse, but downtown Syracuse is obviously a city as is like Rochester. But then you can go to like, you know, 10 minutes outside of Rochester, Twenty minutes whatever and you get in some of those uh, other towns like webster or even like you know a town in between like fulton and rochester like hannibal and stuff like that's completely rural but then you you know uh obviously the cities albany rochester buffalo all those uh up upstate cities as we'll call them (laughs) uh but then you know who are the people in watertown when we say that we're upstate and they say, well, actually, we're more upstate than you. It's a battle of being upstate. It's a battle of
1: uh, how far up are you, yes. I mean, New York State is vast. I guess people don't think about it. Yeah, ever since i moved away from Central New York, when you tell people New York, like you said, it's just, oh, like, they think you're from the city, and I'm like, no, like, I'm literally closer to New York City here than it was I was. I'm from Rensselaer
0: York. County. Like, Yeah, you
1: know. I'm from Westchester, upstate. No, I'm pretty sure it's, like, right outside New York City. Yeah. but enough about that enough about that
0: had to get into that i think this is cool that this was filmed in new york state though i like that um it adds a little bit more uh flavor a little more grease on the finger for, yeah. for me
1: and not uh, yeah not too far from where our, our stomping grounds as well so i think that anytime you find out a, a, f- a film or a movie or a show or anything is filmed like kind of locally it it, it gives you a little extra a little extra love i guess for it right
0: for sure so this movie was released as late phases on imdb now it's now known as night of the wolf
1: night of the wolf i was gonna bring this up actually because yeah when it first dropped when it first came out when i first saw it you as well i know it was like late phases colon like or whatever night of the wolf but I just watched it just recently. I have the the DVD, I think, actually, randomly or something like that. But or maybe I have the Blu-ray. But I watched it on Peacock, and Peacock just has it as Night of the Wolf.
0: But also, on the so on the DVD version that I have, it just says Late Phases. It does. Yeah, there is I, yeah, there's not even well. there's not even a semi there's not even the colon Night of the Lone Wolf or Night of the Wolf on IMDb. It's credited as Night of the Wolf on the blu-ray it's credited as late phases colon night of the lone wolf <laughs> well
1: yeah so i mean that could be confusing for people so if anyone's listening who hasn't seen it it is streamable I'm, I'm, it's on peacock i think it was on netflix for a long time i'm not sure if it still is uh but night of the wolf late phases if you, if you search either one you'll find it
0: but you can get it relatively cheap on dvd or blu-ray on amazon and or um Blu-ray. For sure. So if you're so inclined, hook it up.
1: Yes, but we should I should have pitched just buy it before you stream it. Yeah. That's what and, I should
0: say. So this movie comes out in 2014. Now the cast, we got Nick Demichi. Nick Demichi, uh maybe known uh to um some people, he really hasn't acted lately in that bums me out oh my god that bums me out yes uh, this dude is like uh, oh man he's amazing I the same
1: thing like he people will know him obviously who are into horror films like stakeland but yes i mean he's the dude is a phenomenal actor in our, in our lead for the movie uh nick DeMiche, who yeah just really doesn't have a huge acting uh hasn't acted in a lot of stuff
0: uh He's in this. Uh he's in Stakeland and Stakeland 2, which we both love. He's in the Sacrament. Uh We Are What We Are. Uh Premium Rush. He played a detective. That was probably his biggest role so far. He was in, you know, a couple episodes of Law and Order. Uh he was in Mulberry Street, the World Trade Center movie, C- yeah. CSI. So he's done he's done some stuff, but like he has thirty acting credits. Um stakeland. I mean, it's interesting. Stakeland is one of the best vampire movies of the last 20 years. For sure. Maybe, maybe, if, maybe arguably the best vampire movie in my eyes of the last 20 years.
1: It's definitely one of the better ones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'd really have to lay him out, but 100% is one of the better vampire movies in the last 20.
0: And he wrote that. He wrote him and a uh, dude named Jim Mickle wrote Stakeland. But this one, uh, you know, he's how weird is it that he is in arguably one of the best werewolf movies of the last twenty years and one of the best vampire movies of the last twenty years. Yeah, that's pretty awesome,
1: pretty pretty uh coincidental, I guess. But yeah, I mean it's really and they really are like late phases, this one that we're talking about or, or Night of the Wolf is like we always talk about the monster stuff like you know, I always go back and forth, you know, as the vampires, but I love and I know you do too, is werewolf movies. And there's definitely, if you put the, in the grand scheme of all of them and you put all the movies, you know, from each monster, I'd say there's probably the least amount of werewolf movies maybe. I, I don't know. I just, I, I just think it was cool uh, in 2014 that this came out and, and it really is like a phenomenal film and it's, it's got everything you want when it comes to a, to a monster movie.
0: For sure. He plays... Now, I guess we'll, we'll kind of, as we go through the cast, we'll go through a brief overview of what they are and, and the role in the movie. But For Nick sure. Demichi plays Ambrose uh, McKinley. He is a blind Vietnam military veteran who is mostly self-sufficient. His son is Ethan Embry. Ethan Embryo, uh, our boy, play, playing his son, Will. Now Demichi we we mentioned what he was in. Now Ethan Embry has is very recognizable for a slew of films. You're talking if you go all the way back, Dutch, Vegas Vacation, <laughs> uh, you know, that thing you do,
1: Can't Hardly Wait,
0: Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> I mean, he is a face and and for newer films which are great you take, you look at like cheap thrill, che- newer films. I mean, che- cheap yep. thrills. Uh what's the the one the the, the Devil's uh, De-
1: Candy? Devil's Candy, which is phenomenal. I love that movie. Phenomenal.
0: He was in some of the newer creep, the one of the new Creep Show episodes. Uh so he is kind of turned into a little genre darling the last you know twelve years or so.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's obviously, he's in he's re- super recognizable, been in a lot of films. Oh, that,
0: The ghast he was in The gas too?
1: Yeah, there you go. I mean, the dude has uh, been acting for, yeah, I mean, I old, he was super young and Dutch, obviously, like, fairly young and Dutch. He's yeah, been acting for a long time. A lot of movies that, super recognizable. Really cool to see him in, like, movies like this, that, you know, like a horror movie, like, heavy genre movie like this. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it, it just adds to it. The whole cast, which we're going to get into, is so many recognizable faces. So,
0: Lance Guest of Halloween Two and and fucking The Last Starfighter fame, Last Starfighter, and Jaws, yeah. Jaws: of Revenge, and <laughs> uh, he
1: also like looks like, um like he looks like him, but he also doesn't in this movie. Kind of, I always I thought right. that when I watched it again too, I was like, man, like he just doesn't almost doesn't even look like the same human.
0: He plays James, who is like the. He's not a preacher, but he's like the, he's like a church, like, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a disciple. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, he likes you know, just like, like
1: a, a, heavy, a guy who's heavy in the church and like is the right-hand man to the uh, pastor, I guess, or, or the priest.
0: Played? Pastor, I don't know. By the motherfucking king, Tom Noonan. Tom
1: Noonan. I mean, yeah, what else can you say? The guy is a legend and. He's just got a way about him. His his uh, his mannerisms is the way he delivers his his lines and just his overall vibe. Tall
0: Father Roger Father Smith. Roger yep. Smith fucking Playing uh,
1: the the smoking pastor in this one. Loves smoking the cigs. Loving God.
0: Classic. Just so good. Um we got Larry uh Fessener. Fessener. Fessender. Uh in this, he was a producer on this as well. He plays O'Brien, and he's like, oh, what? Who is he in the movie? Technically, like, because he like,
1: uh, he sells. I guess he's like a. Uh, he he's sells,
0: like a But isn't he? Is he headstones. the landlord too, though? Of the the housing. I don't, like,
1: I don't think so. I think he's just like this. I think he just owns and sells like headstones. The, the, headstone. the I got. It's a headstone salesman. You know, everybody needs them. Sadly.
0: Here, 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 here. I have a deep cut for you that we can. L. Spinanza, uh, yes, yes. In Mikey
1: <laughs> Palmisi. from the Sopranos, season one, season one. I Plays couldn't wait Officer to bring Bennett. this up. I couldn't wait to bring this up because was...
0: <laughs>
1: Jesse and I, obviously, big, big Sopranos huge, fans. So huge
0: Soprano marks. Are we are both. Um,
1: another, um, face I saw that, uh, I recognized was, and I think, I think I'm right about this is that Dana Ashbrook, he's from, uh,
0: Return of Living Dead lot- 2.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, the Twin, Twin Peaks, he's a Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks guy, right? As well. Yep. And he plays like a kind of shady, uh, gun and ammo selling out of his garage kind of guy.
0: Now they should have made his character more like the character who was the old world craftsman in silver bullet
1: <laughs> i agree
0: how Gotta about a werewolf
1: and... <laughs> they yeah i i like this character though i you know i thought uh i thought they, it would have been cool to see a little bit more of his character actually um but there's like i said for a film like this there's a lot of strong acting in like, I mean, Noonan really and, strong and really and, strong. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really great. And like I said, a lot of recognizable faces. He's another one. And he, and everyone brings a little something to their character. So,
0: yeah. And we got, uh, Aaron Cummings playing Ann, who is Will's wife. Uh, she's in Good Girls and a bunch, a slew of TV shows. Um, and then we have uh, Ryana Elda. What a name. She was in the dark half as Miriam Cowley. And she was in Deer Hunter. And she was in Emneyville 2, The Possession.
1: What? I mean, what, some a, gee, there. what a,
0: a a legend under our nose. We didn't even realize. We did not even realize.
1: It's a sick name, too. Rotjana.
0: Right, Yana. amazing uh so her uh tina luis who plays clarissa and caitlin o plays emma uh they're like three like local church going townswomen who are trying to befriend uh nick dimitri's character of ambrose uh but he wants nothing to do with their gossip and asses he she- he's a
1: complete badass the whole time he doesn't give a fuck
0: no. We should probably
1: sure. talk like the setting of the movie takes place on kind of like a
0: retirement
1: community, yeah. you would call it right. Like so a retirement yep. center community type place.
0: So give a give us a give the now that we've kind of run down the cast a, a tidbit, bit, uh give us a, a brief rundown of what this story is about, Eric.
1: For sure. So the um the main character as we were talking about ambrose he's uh you know blind and he's he recently they they hinted they recently w- lost his wife so he um he, you know you start off with him and and his son there played by uh ethan Embry, and uh, he you could tell it's like his first night at this um this retirement his new his new home like a townhouse retirement community um and his first night there uh, he has a run-in with uh, basically what looks to be some sort of wild animal, and it and it tragically takes his his dog, his German Shepherd. So we start off with some tragedy right there because I hate when any sort of animal gets taken down in a movie. Um, and then from there, I mean, really, it's just the kind of cat and mouse game of of Ambrose trying to find like he knows it's it's, it's there's a werewolf plaguing this this area. Nobody believes anything he's saying, so it's kind of a cat and mouse game to find out who it is. Uh who we meet, you know, he meets Noonan's character, the priest, and and guest character. Uh so he kind of suspects everyone.
0: And uh what did you call yeah. the what did you call the guys who like were the church members? What were the some of the positions in a church that you can hold if you're a local guy going to like fucking White Law Church? <laughs> like a, what, like an usher? But you could also be <laughs> yeah, like...
1: like I just I never I have no idea. Like he's like you got Noonan who's played by uh he plays the priest or the pastor or whatever, and then is like his right hand man. I don't know. He was just like the head of the head of the church that's not the the pastor, basically. He's
0: whatever. He's pretty you want much to call like that. a man like a manager of the church, like a church manager.
1: Yeah, organizes buses to bring people to this church and As spreads you the, see... good, the good At... word of the Lord.
0: As you can see, Eric and I aren't really familiar with going to church at all because we have no clue what some of the higher positions that could be held uh, in a church yes, are. I,
1: I have no idea what uh, he's the manager, maybe. <laughs> the general manager. I have no idea.
0: The, but yeah the, but so uh so yeah, the um you know, obviously when Ambrose's dog is killed, you know, that stemmed from him bang it on the wall because his neighbor who he had just met that day this all happens on his first night in this retirement like community area Uh, you know she gets killed who he immediately you know befriended her when he moved in and he gets killed or his dog then gets killed that's always the worst you never want to see a dog die never. So you know you knew you knew uh well technically you know he the were the, the werewolf had maimed the dog so bad that Ambrose had to, unfortunately, to put the dog out of his misery. Now, I like that, you know, they show you start getting like a feel for like the family dynamic that he has with Will because Will and his wife come to the hospital to come pick him up. And Ambrose is kind of talking to the doc, the doctor about, uh, you know, this stuff happens once a month. And, you know, that's when, like, his gears start turning and stuff. And then Will's wife later says, you know, like, oh, maybe it was the full moon. You know, a lot of people have been right. acting weird. And he, you know, without them ever saying werewolf, right? They, they didn't ever say werewolf, right?
1: No, I don't think it's ever really, at least not at first. Yeah, it's not talked about, like, werewolf. But, like, you could tell, like, Ambrose, is, his, his brain is, you know, the wheels are turning there. And he, and he, yeah. he, he kind of already knows. It's interesting because the idea to make his character blind, like obviously someone yeah, who is blind,
0: the twist,
1: yeah, they all of your other senses are very heightened, and I think right. that kind of plays into his character. Like he doesn't need to see to read the people around him, like scent, smells and and noises and that kind of stuff. And it it's just those are like the cool intricacies of like screenwriting and and I guess storytelling that I don't you know I don't even know if I would even think of, but it, right. It, it adds extra to his character and the whole story, I guess, um, because, yeah, he's blind and he's a badass. So,
0: yeah, he's uh, he plays the role of like a hardened war vet, like so perfectly. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh you know, he pretty much go- has a month to prepare and, you know, his his walking canes broken. So he's walking around with like a spade uh <laughs> that he sh- keeps sharp. Uh, so he has a whole month to prep and pretty much die the way he lived, which was in battle. And he, he references that several times that the only time he ever felt like a sense of worth was, you know, being a soldier. So he, he's able to kind of die the way he felt like he was, you know, served his his most meaningful years was in the, you know, in the service. He's, he's able to kind of go out in the heat of battle, so to speak, uh,
1: for sure, yeah the the cool thing about this this uh, story as well is, and I know we're gonna get into it a little bit more. Uh, but the build I felt like uh, it was a cool a cool building to the you know the climax of the film right. It's like uh, you know you get kind of a couple tastes of the of the werewolf who, who which has made kills throughout the movie, but uh, it really comes to this climax at the end with him. Uh, he does all this, pre- you know, he, he does this investigative work and he 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 figures out uh, what's going to happen, basically. And, and it comes to this this big climax uh, at the end of the film. So.
0: Now, the idea for them to be able to mostly pull off the, the makeup for the werewolves, mostly practical and you see a transformation scene with Lance Guest's character. Um just enough
1: of it. Just enough of the transformation too. You know what I mean? I kind of like that.
0: Yeah. And obviously there's a little CGI thrown in there, but I don't think it's it's nothing that is like gratuitous and nothing that makes that takes you out of the film. There's a lot of practical and I gotta hear your take. What is your take on the way the werewolf looks? To me, I can see why someone may not like it, but at the same time, I like that they went and did something a little different.
1: And that was going to be my point, like, I guess in the traditional sense, which, you know, werewolves are a fictional creature, so to speak, or whatever, but yeah, like this is definitely, they they had their own take on it, I feel like, and, and I liked that. I liked it because it was different, and I think that's a good thing. Like if it's just, I don't know, they just gave the werewolf, the creature, like a different look, more of a taller and kind of, I don't know, like, a uh, the head shape, the, they just kind of made it their own. And I like that actually. So.
0: Almost like a rabbit, almost like Frank, the rabbit. <laughs> the ears,
1: yeah. It had a, it, yeah, it had like the, that was a, the interesting part of it. Like it's ears were kind of drooped in the front a little bit, but I had, we always go back and forth on special effects and, and, you know, practical effects and, and CGI. And I think this movie has like a good combination, of course, like, a lot of people are going to use CGI because let's just face facts. Like it's cheaper, may not look as good, but I think where it mattered, they use practical effects. And especially like where I was talking about when, you know, the build to the climax where, you know, Ambrose and the, and the werewolf are actually like fighting. Um, I think you really see like the human element of it. And I think that's what, that's perfect. Cause really there's an actor's going to do much better than a, um, than cgi you know what i mean like a like a those movements and stuff so
0: yeah and i would take even if even if for some reason i didn't like the way the werewolves looked and i do i actually like like that they did something different uh i would have preferred that yeah i would have even preferred something i didn't necessarily like as opposed to something that looked like a werewolf like a traditional werewolf but was super cgi'd
1: yeah. See, that's what I mean. Like, and I just think like in the computer generated stuff doesn't always translate. Like it looks can look really cool, but like, I don't know, like there's certain movements that are always going to look fake, I guess, is is the word I'm
0: looking for. But no, for sure. Um, So he pretty much, you know, has his suspicions about who it is and he's just trying to track them down and pretty much like figures out that it's, you know. I think he has suspicions that it's the priest at first. And then obviously he, I think he knows then that it was, uh, well, oh yeah. What was when he le- gets led to the one, uh, church lady's house and discovers her husband's in an iron lung. Right. He was, a he, he w- thought he was a werewolf or that guy was a werewolf, right?
1: I, that was the impression I got. Yeah. That, he was one. Like he yeah. they hinted at that. And he,
0: yeah. he was able to come out once a month or whatever, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because he like followed said, the, the, whole, the bloody the whole,
0: footprints to the house or whatever. The
1: whole the heightened senses, that's a big thing. Yep. And and I think that's that was a big part of the film and the story.
0: And uh what uh in in your eyes, what does what are the, like the couple things that you need to have a successful werewolf movie? I don't think you need, and a kind of uh, you know when uh, on Max's podcast, Ready to Retro, they had covered American Werewolf in London recently, and they kind of pointed out that there's not really like a a, a crazy intricate plot. But that's what I right. think is nice about creature features is you don't need twists and turns and all kinds of crazy stuff. You just kind of need a simple story like like American Werewolf in London. Uh two American boys, you know, backpacking through Europe, you know, get attacked by a werewolf, one dies, one lives, one gets hitched up with the hot English nurse <laughs> and then turns into a werewolf in London, terrorizes London. Has to choose between killing himself, uh, which he doesn't want to do because he's hooked up with this hot nurse. And he has a, a nice, uh, you know, life uh, seemingly. But he's also killing people by by full moon. And then he gets gunned down by a bunch of friggin' Bobbies. Uh, so,
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's... I, I kind of, yeah, like, I guess you you could, there's so many different ways you can go with these movies. Like you can show like origin stories of how it happened or you just don't even need to, right? Like you just, you're, there's a werewolf that presents itself. You don't know how it's there, why it's there. And, and you got to fight it. And, and uh, I like, I like both, I guess, but you don't necessarily need it.
0: You know what I mean? I would love to see a late phases too with Ethan Embry.
1: That would be rad. That would be rad, of
0: course. Just because, you know, being a fan and you want to see, you
1: know, like he like investigates because obviously at the end, like after the fight and Embry kind of comes in and, and, and stumbles upon everything that, you know, the, the neighbor, the the wolf itself and his father. So.
0: So Lance, I mean just to kind of walk through the story like he's prepping he's to figure out who this is he buys a big headstone because he's setting up a a booby trap to you know kill the you know or ca- kill capture maim whatever he can uh the creature aka the werewolf um and Lance guest's character the right hand churchman you know goes around and starts biting people biting the women because he needs to create a horde of fellow werewolves to help him
1: right there's something about like you you mentioned the bite part is like what I liked about this movie too is like everyone fairly plays their roles very serious right but there I thought and maybe it's just me because I'm twisted I thought there was some stuff where I like some of the lines that were delivered that I like laughed because I thought there was like a little bit of like hint of comedy in some stuff you know what I mean like right even, like, really subtly, um, you know, like, uh, Nick uh, Demisi's, like, some of the lines he gives, I felt like almost could be, like, comedy. Well, you know, like, not just, like, one of those, like, off-beat, off-color con. you know. Yeah, because like he's, like, a but ball like, there- He's also,
0: like, a ball-buster hard-ass, too, you know.
1: Yeah, just like certain, there's a couple lines in the film, like nothing like really crazy, but just some, some things that made me like kind of laugh. But like, yes, uh, the, another thing I wanted to mention about this is, and, and you know, obviously we're getting deep into the movie, but like, uh, a lot of films, you it's like a Scooby Doo Who Done It, like you you're waiting, but this you, they kind of tell you who it is, like pretty much. Well, they hint to. The some of the villains early on in the movie, I guess you could say, and I kind of right. like that sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you, uh, like you know, and, and the shades of like obviously the story is way different, but you know, Silver Bullet. I mean, you got the church vibe and the werewolf, and and
0: for sure that was another
1: thing I loved about Silver Bullet is like you knew who you knew who it was like well before the movie ended, and and I kind of like that sometimes, so
0: yeah do you uh so he has the big showdown with the vampire or the vampire jesus christ uh the uh the werewolves and you know he pretty much like lures them all to his house you know pretty much with his heightened senses is able to kind of take them out you know jam shit in their fucking eyes drop a goddamn headstone on their
1: back and the old silver bullet
0: and he, he does this all while wearing his military uniform as he has to go out the way, you know, he was best served. He best served, uh, his life, I guess, uh, as a, as a soldier, um, and, you know, leaves will to, pretty much has a falling out with will, um, before this all happens. And then, you know, uh, and, uh, What was it? It's the wedding ring, right? That he said he put in his mother's casket and he didn't.
1: Right. Yep. Exactly. Because
0: he he wanted it. And why do you think that was? What do you think that was why he kept the wedding ring, but told his son that he threw it in the casket with his wife? I don't really know. I mean, he, you know, I think throughout
1: the whole movie, him and, and his character, his son's character played by Ethan Embry, I think they, you, obviously there's a lot of tension there between the two of them. And I think it was maybe just him trying to maybe mask some of his feelings, you know, or, 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 I mean, cause right. obviously the whole, he, he, he kind of has like, a, you could tell he's been a tough love guy his whole life. And, and at the, you know, at the end when he does call it a son before the big showdown and leaves him that long text or that long voicemail, uh, he kind of comes clean about, you know, they, they he shows a little, the, the the a different side of his character, you know what I mean, and, and tells him right. he loves them, and so I think it was probably something to do with, you know, that generation of of you know, not showing real feelings because you you need to be tough or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know, so they there is emotional elements in here with with the father son relationship too that that is tied in here, and you know, after he battles and and, and kills all the werewolf creatures, you know, it will is at the gate right as he's, you know, his father's pretty much battling for his life and trying to come and, and, and see him, you know, he gets there and his father is then because he was bitten and tore up by the werewolf. He dies sitting up with his wedding ring on in his uniform and will closes his eyes. And that's, that's, uh, you know, the end of the film, other than him, you know, Will and his wife burying Ambrose, and Will doing a a shot salute into a, a full moon.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, for a you know, for like a a werewolf movie, like there's a lot of elements. A super low budget too. Yeah, I mean, it was you know, it's not obviously a blockbuster by any means, but that's what I mean. Like the acting. The storytelling, like there, and I think that's why people, a lot of people liked this movie. Really, I I think they did, is, is because of that. You know, and it wasn't like, wasn't like super mindless either. You know what I mean? Like there was definitely, no, there was definitely a story. Yeah, like good storytelling and good acting, and I think that that goes a long way too. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah. This is a Dark Sky film, and Dark Sky has done, I think, more good movies than they have bad, at least that I've seen. Anything Dark Sky I see, I think is pretty sick, because then they, did they do the Laid to Rest films, too? Or are those bloody disgusting? I can't even remember.
1: I think it's Dark Sky. Dark Sky does put out, has put out a lot of great things, though, of course. Like, they're definitely, like, you know, mainstays in the horror, in the genre, so...
0: Obviously, a lot of the Adam Green stuff. Um, what else did they do? They've done they've done so much, especially over of recent times. But I feel like anytime I see anything Dark Sky, I'm I'm always interested in whatever they're doing.
1: For sure, yeah. Like I said, they're one of the they're on the forefronts in in horror for sure. Like they're they always have been.
0: And that Larry Fessender. He has been in associated and in so many of these films, either helping make, produce, uh, helping w- in several different facets. That We Are Still Here movie it was a Dark Sky Films movie that yep. he was in. That I loved that one. Um, Starry Eyes, Willow Creek, The Innkeepers, obviously, as we mentioned, stake land House of the Devil, obviously, Tom Noonan connection there. Yep the hatch movie stitches um i'm just going through them right now yeah that there's a lot of decent and even sick uh films that dark sky has had their hands on
1: yeah like yeah they're you know there's a few companies that you think of that aren't like the gigantic ones and you know and and they're they're definitely one of them
0: yeah uh you know, to get a werewolf movie in 2014, too, and for it to be as good as I think this movie is, I I constantly bring this movie up. It was brought up several times when we did our werewolf or our werewolf. or Yeah, our werewolf. Um, Did we do top five or top ten? Can't even remember. I think it was five, but it was on my list. One hundred percent. I know it was on your list. Um, this movie comes up whenever we talk about werewolf films. This movie always comes up. And without... that,
1: that's kind of what I mean. Like, when you think in the grand scheme of, like, if you think of vampires and, and what, you know, like, werewolf, like, creature, like, I just, like, there really aren't, like, a tremendous amount of, of werewolf movies. At least, I mean, I'm sure there's. Probably some low-budget ones or something that I haven't seen, but if you really think about it, grand scheme, there's not, like, a tremendously crazy amount. No, that you not like of.
0: Vampire, that's for sure.
1: No, that's what I mean. The Vampire's, like, at the forefront, and, and obviously Vampire, like, really went, like, mainstream, like, with the zombie, but, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I think, like, and I know you feel the same way, like, anybody who's into these kind of movies, like, this is a must-watch. and Must. Yeah, definitely on the list of, of the better ones.
0: Now, yeah, it's I think because werewolf effects are really hard to do. They're really hard sure. to if you're going to do CGI, it's very easy for them to look stupid.
1: Um, yeah, there's a the thin like yeah, I can understand you're like kind of there's a thin line there between It's much easier to make someone look like a vampire, right? Like you know what I mean like the right. the whole transformation process and the actual suit or CGI. So yeah. I mean You know, look how critical people are of like Cursed or something like that. So,
0: right, exactly. And Cursed is another one too that I think, I think with all of its flaws and even getting the movie that we didn't get, the, you know, the, the, the lost Cursed movie that we wanted and the original intent that Wes had. That's so, I'm still very satisfied with the product that we got at the end of the day.
1: For sure. I mean, I like, I like the movie, of course, but people, you know how people, People are very critical of the, uh, especially the werewolf in that
0: film. Yeah, big time. I mean, they're very, even people are critical about the werewolf in Silver Bullet because they say it just looks like a bear. Yeah, I'd
1: fight somebody probably. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck. Werewolf movies are so fun. But and- that's what the beautiful thing about it is, too. Like, I like you, whatever, like you make them look like how you want or how you feel like they could. Like, I mean, you know, like if you're going back to the old school, like Lon Chaney Jr., like he was just a dude with like some crazy like hair on, it. like you what you know what I mean? So it's just evolved uh from what it originally was. So
0: one hundred percent. I guess you know, as we both said, like this is a movie we bring up when we talk to, and I mean, I don't really, I don't really feel like I have to rate it, but like to me, this is like a nine out of ten like where for on scale for werewolf movies this is a nine out of ten and i,
1: and I agree it's, it's very strong like i said i think it's it's, it's not too long that's a good storytelling good acting um yeah See, i
0: could i could mess with a two hour long a two, a two and a half hour long i feel like if they had a bigger budget I, you could do a two and a half hour movie like this, and I would love it. Granted, I know that market for people that would love a two and a half hour werewolf movie is small, but <laughs> right. I would watch a two and a half hour werewolf movie over any other movie that was two and a half hours long, I think.
1: For sure. I mean, yeah, I'd be down. This movie is what, like an hour 36 or something like that. So,
0: yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's in that 95 to 100 minute mark. It's under 100 min, minutes. So, um, but yeah, it's all. I think that's a a great testament to it too. Is it's always brought up whenever we talk about werewolf. As soon as werewolves come up, if someone like starts talking about werewolf movies, I'm uh, that's the first thing I think because everyone's seen American Werewolf in London. Everyone's seen The Howling, and then like, and then there's would, all you, say the, like, that,
1: would you say that? beyond the two, like beyond the where like uh, the original Wolfman? Would you say that those are the two most famous werewolf movies for sure without a doubt like it's not even close right yeah it's it's like, really not. even like, silver it's, bullet it's... which i know me you and i love silver bullet but even that is like people wouldn't would never mention those before they probably mentioned the howling yep. and american
0: so no i mean it's probably american werewolf in london and the howling are the are the top tier like grand grand mall seizures of great shit jesus
1: (laughs) we're talking bt and denny's or
0: Uh, yeah they're the bt Denny and denny's of uh werewolf seizure films but um the um you know it's really and the wolfman of course like i feel like you know the wolfman is probably is the the groundwork it is the origin for the howling and for American Werewolf in London. And then you have like a second wave that's maybe like like Silver Bullet, like maybe even uh Wolf with Nicholson and um Spader and yeah. Pfeiffer. I'm trying to think of like, you know, a bigger werewolf films. Um
1: I mean I think they wanted that one to be a big one, and then the Wolfman like remake with Anthony Hopkins and Benicio del Toro.
0: That could have been <laughs> So amazing! If they would have just, if they wouldn't have done the CGI, it was so bad. It was so yeah. Bad.
1: It was. I wanted it to be great. Actually, I, I mean, I saw that one in theaters, and I wanted it to be so cool. And it just, I don't know, because I think, I mean, the acting again. There, like Benicio del Toro is an amazing actor, and Anthony. Tell Hopkins me that. Did. Well.
0: Tell me that wasn't the final nail in like in Hollywood being like, yeah, we're not going to try the werewolf movie. <laughs>
1: That's true. However, I know we've talked about this before, and I don't know like, even where it is. I haven't heard anything about it, but I know Ryan Gosling wants to make a, a Wolfman movie, so.
0: He'd be great he's, as a Wolfman.
1: Well, he's like a fan of, I mean, a lot of people don't know this because he's like in Barbie and stuff, but he's a fan of, of horror, and he's a fan of the classic monster stuff. So if you get somebody like that who's fucking universally huge and cares about it i mean who knows you know what i mean
0: i feel like that would like i would love for a wolfman movie to come out and overtake theaters and everything and be as big as barbie was this summer yeah
1: well that's what it would take it'd be like star power like that right like right there was that time where there's the the photo where all the big actors and actresses were going to do, you know, like they did cruise and the mummy, which say what you want about it. I'm a cruise Mark. So whatever. But, and then like Johnny Depp was going to be the invisible man or something. And I think like, uh, Javier Bardem was going to be somebody as well. And so, um, if they wanted yeah. to,
0: they could do it. They it would just, the problem is, uh, the people that would be writing these films are not – they're not my people. That's the problem. you They're not horror people that they would hire to write these films, and yeah. that's the problem.
1: It's kind of crazy, too, because horror is, like, dominant. I don't care what anybody says. Like, obviously, they, it's been dominating theaters. Like, there's horror movies that do, one like, amazing. So, you know.
0: Every I- couple of years, there's, like, two or three movies that always, like – didn't that the newest Scream like the newest Scream yeah. like is the highest grossing Scream film? Yeah, um, it had the biggest
1: like opening weekend of a Scream film, like the biggest, and the next one's going to do the same thing. So yeah. I mean, it really is. As much as we don't need to get into that whole thing, but it's going to that'll do the same. Uh, you remember when uh, It and it Chapter Two, Chapter Two came out? Those movies were set records, so huge in the theaters as well. Like it happens. Uh, and you know, it chapter two obviously with the uh, that had some bigger actors and actresses as well and uh what's her name carrying a uh, screen right now helps uh, Jenna Ortega uh, yeah, who's really big sure, right, right now
0: her. so yeah, So There's um, possibilities
1: who knows what'll happen, but
0: so that'll do it for this episode, but I will say. I do want to talk about *Exorcist*, the *Exorcist* believer when it comes out, and we see it. And I do want to talk about *Pet Cemetery *Bloodlines* as that comes out a week from today. Both those come out a week from today, actually. Definitely, I'm I would ex- love, love to talk about My excitement,
1: and I know we've talked about it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for both because it's new. But like, I think like this *Exorcist*, like I think it looks like it looks like it's gonna be cool. So
0: I think it looks awesome. It got terrible uh, test screening. Results. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll see. I always
1: said I, I never care about that shit. Like, cause most of no, shit that No. No. You're huge, getting. Like,
0: yeah. You're getting the, the 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 friggin' Frappuccino clowns that are sitting with you know their Dockers on and and some bullshit in a fucking <laughs> at a Starbucks. I just, like
1: it's, I just think like not to sound cheesy, but like movies are a form of, an art form, and it's all like a band you think is amazing. Uh. You know if someone else it this, would think it's pure dog shit and that's the same with movies right like yeah this it's is art form if, if, and means something different to everyone
0: exactly if i was going to give if 2023 came around or 2023 is here if someone was just like all right we're going to start you know we're starting a new thing it's called like the, the you know it's a pretty much a new grammys we're wiping out the grammys and they were like, who's like a band you'd love to give a Lifetime Achievement Award to Like, or like a person and they have to yeah. still be alive. I'd say, OK, it's going to be leaving from fear and we're going to televise it everywhere because I think fear <laughs> and leaving are legendary, which to us and, and people like us, I completely agree with that. But no one that's watching the Grammy Awards knows who leaving is, knows who fear is, knows what fear the record is, and they don't care.
1: Yeah, it's that's that's what I mean. That's my that's my point is exact like I'm just using him as an example. Like we, you know, John Carpenter, for say, like he's like a fucking king and idol to us. Like we love him, but like someone else who considers himself a huge movie buff could just be like, yeah, like I, I don't care. I don't. I've seen it's, you know, like they'd they probably be like, care. oh
0: yeah, he, Halloween was good, but other than that, <laughs> what did he do? Yeah, again, which is insane. It's an
1: but... in art form, and everything is everything is taken differently. Everything is, uh, everyone feels different, has their opinions and what it means to them, what it does to them.
0: And don't get me wrong. There are great bands uh, to, to draw an analogy. There are great bands that sold millions of records. I think Def Leppard was great. I mean, live they're they're still great, but as far as like their newer material, they have two diamond records. They have Pyromania and hysteria that both sold over 10 million records. But, I still think the Ramones are the greatest band in the world. And I'm not even sure that they have a gold record outside of like Ramones mania, which was a compilation.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what? I have a good idea. I'm going to pitch it right here to you. I think we should do a really cheesy. Or the next time we do a music episode or something, we do a thing where if you were going to have the Jesse HS, um, fest, right? Like a music fest, and you had to pick, and you pick. We'll say like ten or fifteen bands that play your fest. That's what. That's what I want to do. I want to talk about that. Who would be like the ten or fifteen bands, living or dead? Living or
0: dead, Jesus
1: would, Christ. We don't have to do it right now. I I just thought about that. Like if you're, I'm having Eric Fest, like Wayne Stock or something. I'm just, and I could have like fifteen I, of.
0: I'll do any band,
1: Like my favorite bands or bands I would want to play. Um.
0: I say, we do this, but we got to set a year that it would take place. And it's got to be a year (laughs) when all those bands were alive and active, at least. Or not even alive and active, but alive enough where they could reunite in that year. Because I might be like, okay, my fest is going to take place in 1991. But it's going to be the Ramones of 1991.
1: We could do that. I literally think I probably would just do it for for this year twenty you know twenty twenty three I think I can compile bands that are all alive that I would want to play anyway that's for another time I just thought about that I thought that would That'd be, be a good one well, this was, this was fun, though. But anyone who hasn't seen it, like you said.
0: Yeah, please go check out Late Phases. Go check this out. Night of the Lone Wolf, Night of the Wolf, whatever the fuck it's going by. I like Late Phases. <laughs> I think that's the best time. Yeah,
1: Late Phases, it's different. It's a cool. Night. Let's face facts. I mean, that's tough shit. Night of the Wolf is probably not the greatest. Uh... <laughs> no. <fuck laughs> it's probably not the greatest name. It's up there with Mosley. But yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 buy the copy. If you don't buy a copy, you can stream it. So.
0: And if you can't find a copy, get a hold of me. I'll find you a copy.
1: Yeah, we'll find it. Between Amazon, eBay, something else, we'll find you a copy.
0: I'll fucking get weather's you. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> All Damn, right.
1: bitch let ha- down.
0: Happy October. Here we fucking are. The shit is popping off. We're doing Cujo. We're doing the fucking dark half. We're going to cover probably Pet Sematary, Bloodlines, and Exorcist Believer. Uh, maybe yes. we'll cover them all both in one episode, but we got a lot of Halloween fun shit coming. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do our top five, John, Johnny, Johnny C tracks too.
1: Yeah, let's definitely, Hey, yeah, let's definitely do that for sure.
0: Hell yeah. All right. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at hard guy media. Uh, you know where this shit's streaming. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple podcasts on everywhere else. Um, yeah, check it out. Spread the word. Let us know you're listening. Co- go to our Instagram and comment on something and let us know that you're listening. Because I yes, can, please. I can see the people listen to these episodes, but I want to interact, baby. I want to interact with, you know, the the thirteen friggin' delinquents that love hearing us just babble about bullshit. That's what I want, <laughs> baby. Uh, but hell yeah, night of the lone wolf, late phases. Nut of the Wolf, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Late phases is the preferred title for me. Uh check it out. Nick D'Emici, uh, Ethan Embry. Uh just a a, a great, a great, 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 great film. Um, I guess before we completely exit, I do gotta say that I do love how this was directed to by Adrian Garcia Bugliano. Um, I wanted to mention him because I th- felt like that maybe it was like a little disrespectful to not mention him.
1: Yeah, we we probably uh, should have mentioned the, the
0: and Eric uh, uh, the writer, because it was it was a great, uh, a, a good written film and and directed very well. Um, and that dude, um, also directed the Here Comes the Devil and some other stuff and. Shout out to them. Didn't want to leave them out because we know their job can be thank thank less. Yeah, yeah. When, we when that, podcasts that was, are done and stuff. But
1: that was my bad. We should have shouted them out. Spanish yeah. director too. That's really cool. And and uh they both did it. The writing and, and the directing of this movie was great. So
0: yeah. Awesome. All around, great. Round of applause to everybody involved. Maybe we'll get a late phases two. I'm pitching it right now. I got a great idea. Let's cool. roll with it. And uh, yeah, we're out.